Hey everyone, welcome to Kai on Life. I'm Kyan Marlin. Today I'm joined with Mario Vasquez and Isaac Gandara. A lot has happened since the last podcast, so today we're going to focus on whether or not we change our mind about Kyrie, all-star voting, the college football playoffs, but right now we're going to focus on the problems with the NBA review system. This topic came to us after the Warriors and Cavaliers Christmas Day game, after Durant fouled LeBron three times in the final two minute or in the final minute with two of those fouls happening on the final play. I know you have a strong opinion on this, Mario. What do you think should change? I mean, this is something that's been going on for a while, but it's kind of coming to the light a little more after this big game, the marquee matchup with the Warriors and the Cavs. And, you know, a lot of people got us over it because it is really dumb how they can't. Like, they're reviewing a play to see the clock or whatever, and there's an obvious foul, and they can't put it into their... It's not a variable um, deciding who's who's who the ball goes towards the next possession. So, I mean, I think it's... Because they can only review, like, the clock, right? Clock, and then... Clock, hoots out on. So, I mean, there's, like, obvious fouls that happen sometimes. And I think they should be able to review those. The issue with that is, though, that they're going to start call, uh, reviewing a ton of fouls now. So people are going to be complaining, oh, why did you review this foul and not this other one? And well, then it's going to start... And if they end up reviewing all of them, it's going to cause the game to go on forever. They can do just, like, a... If it's not reviewing anything <coughs> down to the last like, two minutes or something. Yeah, no, it would just like be in the final two and minutes, I think, is what, like, worse, because you can't review, like, who who's, who it is out on during, like, the regular yeah. minutes of the game, just in the crucial, like, two minutes. And I don't think they would just review, like, a, like, let's say there was something that looked like a foul and it was, like, a timeout. And it's not like they would review the foul, like, over the timeout. I feel like it would just be, like, something... Like, if there's like an out of bounds play and they're deciding whose fault it is. Like, if there's, an obvious, foul, foul? if there's an obvious foul there, I feel like they should be able to go back and change it or something. Yeah, the, the issue with that is that it's only going to happen when it, the person gets just lucky enough to have an out of, a, a, a critical out of bounds play. Yeah, there's obvious like, issues with that, but. See? Because it's, it's, it's all about getting the right call, right? That's all. True. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where they review flagrant because that's endangering people, but when it comes to things like this. It's people are gonna be complaining for like when oh why did why did you review oh they got lucky because there happened to be an out of bounds here or they don't know who was off of and well stuff like that. the specific problem with this game is that in that final play of LeBron driving to the basket past KD he got hit and then he went up and then he got hit again through the arms so and Durant had the the initial call was Cavaliers ball because they thought it was a block right. But it wasn't a block. So yeah. Kevin Durant told him to review it. And Kevin Durant had hit the arm. Yeah, he just hacked him. He, he hacked, yeah. He hacked LeBron and the ball went out of bounds. So they can't change the call to a foul. They thought it was a block and out. And it would be the Cavaliers ball. So <clears throat> in an initial part, like, yeah, that's a foul. But, like, at least we still got the ball. In this case, LeBron got hacked. It was out on him because they can't change it to a foul. So that's the initial problem with this. Yeah. Um, another thing that happened is, like we said, you can only review out of bounds and um, you can't change fouls. You can change it to a clock. Uh, they do review three-pointers throughout the game. Oh, that's true. But that's not... That's just for proper scoring. Yeah, that's not really a problem. Um, nobody really has an issue with that. Uh, the other thing... Is a few days later, uh, the Bucks and the Thunder played, and on the final play, Giannis stepped out of bounds, but oh, they yeah. didn't call it out of bounds. I mean, they, re- they reviewed the play. I don't know why they didn't change it. They they couldn't. They reviewed it because he stepped out of bounds on the on the baseline, and then went back in basically, like his foot was on the line. Right. And. They couldn't change the call to be out of bounds, no basket. Why not? Because they didn't call it on the floor as out of bounds. Oh, right. Because, like, when there's, like, let's say they shoot it and someone blocks it and, like, right. everyone's arguing that it's a goaltending, they can't review it unless they call a goaltending on the floor. Oh. So, it has yeah. to be, like, what, like, they're reviewing what they call but To call it. To yeah. review the call. That's... That's the other yeah, part. That, 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 that one actually does make sense. Cause yeah. Yeah. It, it should completely void the play because it's mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, because they missed the call. I mean, 
That's the whole point of review. It's right? one thing so if they don't call a foul because that's true of ref's discretion as to whether or not it's a foul. Yeah. It's another thing if it's out of bounds because it's not up to their discretion as whether or not it was out of bounds. It's like on the line for for, for a foul for a three pointer versus on the line for an out of bounds. Mm-hmm. In that case, they should be able to change it. Yeah, I know you brought up a problem with well, they're going to review everything and why didn't this get called or like why didn't this foul get reviewed or non foul get reviewed and um. So I took this from a Thunder Digest article about um, what changes could possibly happen. And in the G League, they've they've implemented this. And I'll quote the article. It says, the coach's challenge. The coach's challenge has been revised so that teams receive only one challenge per game to be used at any point during regulation or overtime periods. Only fouls. Only fouls called golden goaltending basket interference and out of bounds plays uh, calls may be challenged. And then he had a little success rate. Twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen season, two hundred and thirty two challenges were called, seventy five were overturned, so thirty two percent. In twenty sixteen, two hundred forty nine, eighty one overturned, about the same thirty two percent success rate. So they do it the whole game. Yeah, it's at any period during the game. Yeah, part of that as well. But they can't. They can't review fouls, obviously, right? They. It said that they can. Oh, it did say fouls. Only fouls called goaltending slash basket interference and out of bounds plays may be challenged. Right, but like no, like contact fouls or things like that. Yeah, like it just says like they could have reviewed. LeBron oh. foul. Did he already use his challenge before that? No, like this was, this is only in the G League. The, oh, is this in the G League? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah so it's kind of like how at the El Paso Chihuahuas they have the pitch <laughs> clock. Yeah. But they obviously don't have that in Major League Baseball. I thought they were trying to. Either well, way, it doesn't matter. Exactly. They're like trying it out and seeing if it could. Oh, it's like they're test, testing it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's basically what we have from like minor league baseball doing the pitch clock and then they're trying this, I guess. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Um, the only thing that I could say is, I guess in those finals two minutes, are they not reviewing things? Well, they can't review fouls. They are reviewing everything else. Yeah, no, but I'm saying in the G League, or like if they were to implement this, it says one challenge game. So you don't want to are you going to hold on to that challenge? All I mean, the way to like the final play, you probably would. I mean, and then early in the game is not so crucial because like things yeah. like fluctuate so easily. Players don't care well, so much. It's at the very end when things get heated. My my point, yeah, my point is that um, there might be more trying. than one. Yeah, like right now, right now, how many plays do you see? Every time there's an out of bounds play, even if players like, well, can the refs still review while it's also fifteen minutes left? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would yeah, that sure would. still happen? So basically, you would just have the, the it, challenge for things that yeah, would it, it would just be a foul. Yeah, for fouls, yeah. Or like the out of bounds thing, stuff like that. That's probably yeah. when like all, all coaches probably hold on to all their challenges for the last two minutes if there's yeah. a crucial foul. And they're saying that it's only one challenge a game. That makes sense because then yeah. you don't go crazy with it. You gotta yeah. be kind of strategic with it. Yeah. So, and it only works about a third of the time. So, uh, that's another thing. Do they always? Is it always your foul calls? It, do you know? If no, it's, statistics on that. They did not have statistics. It might make it kind of slow though. Like that's basically like an added two minutes. An added two minutes to an already two and a half hour game. Mario. Wait, what do you mean added two minutes? You, you're Just saying that the like games review are, a foul. Yeah, yeah. The game's extended. I feel like it's, that's not. It's insignificant. It's probably like a minute. They look at it. Yeah, it would be it, foul or not. We already do this. Yeah, it does, yeah. It gives people like a free timeout. That's true. Um, they were someone, yeah, one, so one commentator was saying that they should leave the players on the court, yeah, so that they can't go to their coach, draw up a play like, because it's a free timeout for whoever's on offense, yeah, makes sense. And you can call for review in the NBA currently in the last two minutes, you can basically call for review and they have to look at we're it. Only on- Oh yeah, so, so like, wasn't there that thing that happened? Like I don't know how many finals ago it was the Spurs where they t- where they subbed in Tim Duncan when they weren't supposed to, and they didn't go back and like. I don't know. About that, that happened. I think it was against the the Heat back when LeBron was still there. 
and there was, I think it was, they were reviewing a, uh, an out-of-bounds play, and everybody went to go talk to the coaches, and during that time, they pulled in Tim Duncan. They weren't supposed to, but the ref said nothing about it. And they, there was a lot yeah, of scrutiny about, about it. That, honestly. No, I so know, yeah, I I know in college, they always try to, like, make, well, even in the NBA, they always try to make the better shooter sometimes go to the line. Like, instead of, like, the actual person who got the foul or, like, is supposed to shoot a technical shot, like, they put... Well, choose technicals. It's, yeah, it's like a one-on-ones and shit. Yeah. It's yeah, stuff like that. They'll just, like, try to throw in, like, Kyle Kroper instead of LeBron James or something like that. But he's actually good to Ben Simmons. Yeah. Okay, well, after an official review, it appears that some have overturned their opinions about Kyrie Irving. We'll tell you what we... Have to think about that coming up next. So more information came out about the Kyrie trade demand article and an ESPN Jackie McMullen article uh, that came out the other day. And the Cavaliers had been looking into sending Kyrie to the Suns in a three-way deal with Indiana. Does this new information change your mind about the Celtics point guard? Isaac? Um, not really. I, I feel like he, he wasn't happy, so he could have just gone whenever he wanted to. Just the fact that everybody was like looking at him and saying, oh, traitor. He's like, he, he was, first off, he wasn't happy. Second, the fact that there was all this stuff justifies it even more. I wasn't mad at him to begin with, but feel like this should help those who were. I mean, there's trade rumors all the time that happen. It's not like it's, you're an NBA player. It's a business. You shouldn't be all hurt over some rumors coming out about your team trying to get better. I mean, you guys just lost to the Warriors. It's also not a perfect system. You're with LeBron, who's like the star of everything. And yeah. look, Kyrie was all of a sudden thrown into this. He's a 23-year-old. I, I mean, I understand that he was um, that he wanted to be traded. He wanted to challenge him. Himself and stuff, but I mean, I don't know how much he really is challenging himself right now. How much, like, how much, um, what's the word? How much responsibility do you guys think he has right now? Because he's putting up the same stats. He True, but now he's actually getting credit for it a lot more. Okay, but he was he was getting credit for it before. <laughs> like, no, but everybody was like, oh, LeBron, because it's he, you're with yeah. LeBron. It's always going to be the LeBron show. There's a lot of people saying that Kyrie won the finals from. Yeah, no, there's True. that like every year. Those are just haters. People were saying that there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of people during his time with the Cavs that said that Kyrie was the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah, LeBron, yeah, because LeBron wasn't the point guard. LeBron said no. he was a poly, he was yeah, a future well, MVP. Like he, yeah, he gave him his credit and stuff. But I mean, he just he just wanted to challenge himself, I guess. Yeah. Um. In the article, it kind of relays this whole message of like being comfortable. Because Kyrie, in his high school, he went to a certain high school with his friends and scored the most amount of points ever for that school or in that league or something, and won a state title, I believe. But then he decided that he wanted to go to basically a better school for no. NBA career. Yeah, with more talent, not away from his friends, so like not the comfy situation. And to me, I took that as a parallel to the Boston trade. Yes. So he could have stayed in at his high school with all his friends, been comfortable, been the best player. Well, I guess he wouldn't be the best player with the Cavs, but no. you kind of get it. Yeah. Anyways, but it, it just kind of sounds like he's the one that wants new challenges and wants new situations. True. This Also because when he... The Cavs were going to go to the finals every year. It was going to be the, the Warriors-Cavs show, or, like, finals for the next three years, especially yeah. if Kyrie stayed there. And if he, if Kyrie goes, it's not going to be just because of Kyrie. It's because also we have LeBron. Whereas he's with Boston, it's a lot more of he led them. Like, if he, he can have, like, good support around him, but it's yes. more of him as opposed to him and LeBron. Yeah, he's got the star power. Yeah. He would get a lot of credit if they beat the Cavs in the playoffs. Oh, and yeah. they're doing it right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. I beat Isaiah Thomas, though, and like yeah. this team's, this Cavs team's very hurt at the moment Good with point. Derrick Rose. 
Isaiah Thomas didn't even play that game. He's played 17 minutes so yeah, far this season. Yeah, like Calderon and Garvin Kyrie. Yeah. This team has, like, for a team that was supposed to be Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas, right now they've got Jose Calderon and people I've never heard of. Like, basically rotating through their point guard system. Boston is still winning. Yeah. Very well, so. No, Boston He's is. still showing that. Yes, Boston is doing well. It's basically showing that they'll be able to hang at least with the Cavs. Um, anyways, to go, to go on to, like, my opinion, because I don't think I really touched it, um, I mean, it doesn't really change my opinion about Kyrie too much. I could understand where he got maybe hurt that his name was in uh, trade talks, and I understand that he, he and people from his party believe that LeBron was part of getting Eric Bledsoe and Paul George Oh, that's right. It was the yeah. whole thing. LeBron was in, like Bledsoe's in the same camp as LeBron or something. Yeah. So I can understand what they're saying, but what, from what I understand and honestly what I believe from the situation is that uh, it was David Griffin was the Cavs' last GM, right? So David Griffin was trying to – he was looking into options because he understood that Kyrie was not satisfied, not happy at Cleveland in the moment. So he was trying to see what return he could get. And an Eric Bledsoe and Paul George trade for Kyrie is pretty good. You're trying to keep LeBron at the same time because he's unhappy too. Yeah. He's lost. You're trying to get a better team. I, mean, I don't think it's... A... I, I can understand what he said. But then David Griffin doesn't even come back. He's gone. Um, so really the thing is, I guess Kyrie was sensitive or paranoid that LeBron was looking into other options or didn't want him. And I can understand that, but, I mean, honestly, my opinion stays the same because I I just think he's... I thought he was sensitive before, and I still think he's sensitive now. That's not... It's not like a shot at the person. I mean, you can still be a great player and everything, but if you kind of listen to the noise... Um, you can look at this with, like, certain stars. You know, LeBron, I don't think he's sensitive at all. <laughs> like, he's not going out and, like, choosing things based on, like, what other people yeah. are saying about him. He doesn't care. I think so, people... New York stuff. As far as I can yeah. tell, he just wants to win. Yeah. And um, I think Kevin Durant was sensitive because he... I, I see parallels between Kevin Durant, like, kind of Kyrie, like, where they weren't satisfied or they... Kyrie, because he wasn't getting enough credit that he thinks he deserved because he was with, with the best player in the world. And then Kevin Durant with because Kevin Durant because he wasn't seen as a winner. Yeah, sure. So Also, we're, I just had curiosity because I don't remember, was there a whole league? Wasn't there like a, we were talking about like he was having a few issues with Westbrook? Or was that just at WrestleMania? Or was that like after? Um, that was, that was at the beginning of their career. Oh, okay. Yeah, like uh, they tried it. Kevin Durant when asked for a trade with Westbrook before they were even that good. He said that Westbrook was like the worst teammate ever. But obviously they grew oh, yeah. in that relationship a lot. And um, basically what I would say why Kevin Durant left, which we're going off topic a little bit, but I would say it's probably because of what he said in his tweet that they hired Billy Donovan, fired Scott Brooks, and they really didn't have enough pieces behind Russell Westbrook to contend with the Warriors. So I think that's why he left. But anyways, uh, like I said, I don't really change my mind about him, about Kyrie, because I kind of saw the same thing that I'm seeing right now after this article came out. And, you know, he's making his own legacy, I guess. So I can't bash on him or anything i'm not faulting him i'm just saying he is from what i can tell more sensitive than other nba players would be i mean kobe was involved in trade talks Shaq was involved in trade talks i don't like yeah Shaq was in but i mean in the prime of his career with the la lakers yeah sure so these things happen and I wouldn't, I mean, I know it's hard for us to say that because we would probably be hurt if something similar happened to us, but 
that is the way the business goes and it just kind of depends on how you react to the situation. But yeah, I don't really change my mind. Um, anyways, uh, an interesting part, an interesting piece of the article that I liked uh, was when they were talking about Tyron Liu was trying to get something across to Kyrie Irving in a practice. And he basically said, you need to go faster so that you that the team can get easier shots. And Kyrie responded with, I can get my shot whenever. And Tyron Liu responds with, and I quote, I'm not talking about your shot. I'm talking about RJ and JR. Liu uh, said, citing teammates Richard Jefferson and Smith. And then Kyrie responds saying, well, that's number 23 jobs, Irving replied, referring to James. Um, any thoughts on that? <laughs> any Selfish. initial take? Petty as well, yeah. I see that as just selfish. Yeah, he just he obviously just wanted more responsibility as a ball handler and stuff. Because I mean, we all we all know LeBron's like the point forward. Yeah. yeah, it's like Ben Simmons. Yeah, he brings yeah. the ball down. And Kyrie was just seen as like a scorer the whole time there. That's true. He he is a point guard, but he's like a scoring point guard more than anything. Yeah, he's always been bashed on for not being able to really facilitate. And even now, he's doing. It's not like he's racking up the assist numbers. No, good point. Anybody knows assists for him? Like around five, yeah, I'd like to say. Um, well, you look that up, Isaac. I'll move on to the next thing. Uh, this is another quote from the article from Kyrie, and he said, Sometimes in the search for the moment, you can get lost. I want to be an all-star. Okay. I want to be MVP. Okay. I want to win a championship. I want to average this much. I want to be better than this person. I want the media to accept me this way. So to me, it sounds like uh, Kyrie really got what he wanted from this trade. He may not be a contender. Well, he is a contender, but he may not be uh, in the finals this year or anything like that. But, you know, in that commercial, they keep quoting, in that Kyrie, LeBron, like, Celtics, Cavs, (laughs) ESPN, they just kept kind of citing Kyrie saying at the end of that commercial, uh, it just seems like everybody forgot about me. So I think it must be nice for him this season to get all the recognition that he's getting, hear all the nice things about him. I know he's hearing a lot of negatives. People still think badly about how he kind of like handled that situation and went out of Cleveland and didn't like LeBron and all that stuff. But it must be nice for him to be an all, probably be an all-star starter, um, I mean, and the other day Woj came out and said that the Spurs were trying really, really, really hard to get Kyrie. So it just, this is what he wanted. And that's what he's getting. Okay. Uh, Just to put it out there, so this season he's averaging 4.9, so five assists. Yeah. (laughs) So he started off at about six. Last two seasons he's been going down to about five. Yeah. It... I don't know. <laughs> you can argue he has less weapons with Boston. True. But still. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't have Gordon Hayward this year. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that could or could not rack up the assist. Who knows? Anyways, well, Kyrie is leading the East backcourt in all-star voting. But we'll tell you what we like and dislike about the new all-star system coming up next. So it appears that the popularity contest, as critics would say, is worse than ever this season for all-star voting. Uh, Mario, I know you have a big problem with this. What are your biggest issues with the votes so far? My issues are that Jason Tatum is over players such as Andre Drummond and Dwight Howard in all-star voting. You know older shoes or? Not from the West. Oh, it's not West. Dwayne yeah. Wade is over players like Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, and Jalen... No, not Jalen Brown. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is over Kyle Lowry and Bradley Beal. So he played a game. He's played one game. Ben Simmons is over Bradley Beal. Besides, <laughs> that, that was actually kind of disrespectful. Bradley Beal? <laughs> yeah, actually, no, Bradley actually, Beal is like the Beal. one of the best shooting guards <laughs> yeah. in the... Come on. Um, so he's got Jack for shooting. 
What else was there? Is this Rico the same? It's like 30 seconds in. Way to back. Kyle Kuzma is over Lamar Aldridge. That is stupid. Kawhi Leonard is over people like Carl Anthony Towns and Lamar Kuzma. Where's Lonzo place? Lonzo is place number eight over Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler. What the hell? Manu is number five over Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, and Jimmy Butler. And I guess Lonzo too. <laughs> so there's some obvious flaws with this. Um... So the way it's, it's done, they give 50% voting to the fans, <coughs> 25% voting to the players, and the other 25% to the NBA media, so like journalists and stuff like that. And yeah, like Kai said, this is just turning into a <laughs> popularity con- con- contest. I mean, Wade should not be an officer this year. Lonzo. Lonzo should not be an officer this year. Kuzma should not be an officer this year. Chris Paul has been injured for like, been most injured. of the season. IT. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard's been injured most of the season. I mean, he had one game where he played well, but their voting yeah, was going on way before that. I mean, I feel like also should just be. <coughs> I guess it's, it's like if Odell Beckham Jr. makes it to the to the freaking. Like your the, tracker. The, yeah, no, it's like if David Johnson made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, but at the same he hasn't played. He played like one game, right? Yeah, David so did Odell. They played yeah. one game, but hurt himself. Yeah, city. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would. I'd be okay with Kawhi making it. Now it's a starter, though. I think that's a I like. I mean, no. Kawhi's yeah. been good already, and he's he's been playing for a few games. The, for, there, there are ones games. that are worse than others. Yeah, but there are still yeah problems. Hey, guys, because you can't. The only reason Lonzo Ball is on that list, he's not nowhere consistent enough to do anything significant beyond that list. And the only reason he's on there is because the freaking de- like mayhem his dad's caused. Yeah, I mean, he's still shooting thirty something percent. Yeah, I'm surprised Spencer Dinwiddie isn't in the top ten. <laughs> All I see is people voting for him <laughs> on Twitter, and I don't get it. It's just like a meme or something. But I mean, he's got to have done something. What did he do? I really want to know. Well, it's just he's just been going off. Well, yeah, he's well, been... I mean, he's not been going off. He's averaging like fifteen points a game, but like <laughs> that's not All Star material. It's just God, this God. random guy that like yeah got the starting spot after D'Angelo Russell got hurt, and he has a funny last name. But like, <laughs> how's Lou Williams doing? Lou Williams been doing great. Exactly. No, but on the All Star, he's not on there. <laughs> He's averaging twenty two and five. I mean, he he started, has, he, like, he's he averaging off. almost Kyrie stats, yeah, right? He, because Kyrie's doing twenty five and four point yeah. something. Louis shooting forty five percent, like forty from three. He's had multiple thirty point games. Oh, he's he, leading. He's, he's fantastic on my fantasy. Yeah. 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 He's carrying the Clippers. He's carrying my fantasy team yeah. because Harden and Lillard are out. Yeah, at least be well, top ten. Thank God Lillard's Lillard's back. Oh, just, but still, no, yeah. Lou's been doing great since nobody's heard of him. When a rookie that's shooting 30% and averaging like nine points a game. It's only because <laughs> of his dad. Yeah. Well, it's because he's a Laker. And because of his dad. Yes. And because he's a Laker. Let's not. Kyle Kuzma is still. He's a Laker. They have, they have a huge fan base. They, they do have a huge fan base. But also another reason Kuzma's on there is as well is because he was supposed to be like a big nobody they drafted in, at the very end. Just think yeah. of. Me. But also. And then he surpassed Lonzo. Like all like Lonzo was supposed to be the star, like the star rookie, but then Kuzma came out and just said breakthrough season, breakthrough season for a rookie. Yeah, I, I, I will preface it with that because it's it's a, he's having a good season, not all star numbers, but a good season. Yeah, because he's like surpassing Lonzo. Was like, oh my god, Kuzma! Like I literally, I went to that Suns game. Like it was the oh, it was Kuz. Yeah, every time Kuzma got the ball and shot it, I just heard Kuz. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. But okay, just going back on. The Lakers and how big their fan base is and how much they dominate this all-star voting. Isaac, just think about how big the Warriors fan base is, right? Yep. So you got that? Yeah. Okay. Now think about half of their fans. Those fans are Lakers fans. <laughs> I'm not joking. Half the Lakers fans like yeah, are Warriors fans. Lakers and Warriors players. So yeah. Like the, 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 Kind of things where they switch, they shift. Like I've seen people who are Lakers fans say, "Well, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna go for <coughs> my California team." Oh, uh, they're just Cali. Yes. No, hell, those are huge ass rivalries. You can't just exactly walk. like you can't be. I mean, I'm just it's like being a Texas A and M fan. A few like Texas A and M fan and being a Texas fan. It's like being an ASU fan and Arizona fan. Oh God, no. It's. I mean, oh, we're in local Arizona. I mean, if you don't care at all about the sport, you're like, oh, look, an Arizona team we did well. That's one thing. But it's another thing if you actually follow the team and you're like, oh, let's go. It's, Which is what the all-star voting is pretty in much college, for. And, and in college, folk, like college sports, I can understand it way more because 
It's like little like, schools. You want your you want your division to do well oh, yeah, that's because true. you don't want your division to be seen as the Pac-12 this year in college football. Oh, God, They're terrible. terrible. But in basketball and NBA and the NFL, you shouldn't care. You shouldn't give a single crap about <laughs> how your team, like how another team from your uh, state or your division is doing. Like I'll never root for the Trailblazers because I'm a Thunder fan. Like that doesn't, the only time you do that is when you need somebody to take a loss so that they can make the playoffs yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. It's the only time you should ever You don't the just... It's like the freaking Bills with whatever yeah. happens. I can't remember who they were. Like, they started... Uh, I think they... What was it? Like, Andy Dalton. Like, the Bills... After Andy Dalton beat, I think, the Ravens, the Bills yeah. uh, team basically donated God knows how much money to Andy Dalton's campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mario, any more problems? Is Donovan Mitchell anywhere on this list? So probably at least one of the rookies of the year, who again isn't on a big fan base. Well, small market. So <laughs> yeah. The only like huge snows I see on here that aren't even on the list are like Blake Griffin. <laughs> should at least be top ten. I don't even he should, yeah. Like at least top ten. Wait, Blake Griffin's not on it? Yeah. No, no, yeah. If you have like these players that like who have DJ been, should, I mean, Carl might. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony's there. Yeah, Carmelo not. <laughs> who else? I think other people who are. I don't know why Jimmy Butler's so low. Where's Harden on that list? He's like number two or under Steph Curry. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Harden is a starter right now, and Russell Westbrook it would be the reserve because Steph Curry yeah. and Harden are above him. So well, which, no, that, that, that doesn't matter. Yeah, no, because you still need. We're doing this like the picks thing. Well, I'm no, you because you have to pick from the starters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you pick from the starters. Yeah. Oh shit. And then you pick that. from the reserves. Okay, but I mean, yeah, the worst ones that I see are Alonzo Ball, Mono Ginobili, Kyle Kuzma, Carmelo Anthony. Is Demar Derozan on that list? Yeah, he's pretty high. I don't know if Jalen Brown should be. Should it? Yeah, I don't think he should. Jalen Brown. He should not. Oh, no. Who should be the last? He, he had like three games that yeah. went off, but then that was it. Let's see. Who's already on there? Or is he at the front court? Oh, uh, backcourt. I mean, yeah, backcourt. Joel Embiid should not be number two. Okay, screw you. Joel Embiid is like the best center in the league. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who should to be over him. No, Whiteside's been hurt a lot. Yeah. Minnesota West or East? Minnesota's West, right? Minnesota's West? Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota's West. Yeah, that's not really any of his big men. I guess Vujicic did get hurt. Yeah, he did get hurt. But he was going off, so he should be in that, like, top. Chris Paul. Pierre. West. He's like top five. Chris Paul? Which is also kind of weird because he's been hurt. Yeah, but he came back and, like, he has been doing good. Anyways, I mean, the problems are pretty obvious. Hopefully, the player votes, which, I don't know. Hopefully, the player votes, the media votes, and the uh, coaches' votes will yeah. even it out. Realize this is like, well, it's a serious thing yeah, because... Yeah, people want the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Like, I know they think it's a joke, but like... Well, when you are in consideration for Hall of Fame voting... Yeah, they definitely put all star vote. All-star no, no, yeah, so it's like the thing is like, yeah. like, like I said earlier, is the thing where it's like, oh, this guy made it to three all star games, this guy made it to four all star games. When like, you, at this point, it's going to be like, yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. When you give, like, yeah, when you give Lonzo like, Ball, like, or, I mean, kind of just Lonzo Ball at this point, I would say, a rookie over the top. Kuzma's there too. Rookie. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that. I don't have as much of a problem with Kuzma being in it. I still do, but not as much oh, of a well, problem yeah, compared to Lonzo Ball. And then you've got your top rookie who isn't even top 10 with Donovan Mitchell. So that's really the biggest problem. But again, it's because they're in LA, he's in Utah. And small market teams usually don't really prevail. Also, doesn't help like if the overall team isn't doing just isn't doing great. That doesn't help for the player itself. If the player is doing phenomenal, they but just, the team is like borderline, like they can't win games or just close, but they can't win because like the overall team's not good and they're a small market team. Yeah, but the, that just tanks that player's stock. Yeah, the players. Yeah, the Lakers have the worst record. 
and they're still getting a bunch of votes. So yeah, just tell us how much. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. Like it's, it's not that they're getting they're they're losing close games like consistently. They're oftentimes they're getting blown out. Yeah. Um. Well, usually we don't talk about uh, things other than basketball on this show. But for our next topic, we're going to talk about the problems or not problems, not big problems with the college football playoffs. So the college football championship is this upcoming Monday, and the final is between Alabama and Georgia, two teams from the same SEC conference, but different uh, subdivisions, the East and West. Uh, the biggest problem that I think people have, and the biggest problem that I have with the college football playoff as it is right now, is that a team like UCF, who everybody thought was just winning games because they were in a mid-major uh, division, and they basically came out and showed out on against Auburn, who beat both Alabama and uh, Georgia, who, like we said before, are now the championship contenders, and UCF did had never had a chance to even prove themselves that they were worthy based on their major and their schedule and how the college football playoff is set right now. Um, I know Isaac has a different opinion than me. Do you want to start off by saying? Uh, so for me, is I don't care if they're if the team's good. They deserve to be in the in the playoffs. So I don't care if they're in the same division, the SEC. If they're like both the top two teams in the nation, they deserve to be in that playoff. Now, what I don't like is the fact that Bama did get in. Granted, they did blow out Cle- Clemson pretty much. Yeah. But they still like like they, they. I don't think they should have been selected at that time. Yeah. UCF should have made it in. Bama definitely shouldn't yeah. have because they Who, their stock was low. They who's just, to say that UCF or uh, Ohio State or another. Oh, no, at that point, team. yeah, they should have been yeah. there. But I, I, for, for me, where we differ is that I don't care if they're in the same division. Right. They could both like I, I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine if Bama and Georgia. I much as I dislike Bama, I'm perfectly fine with both Bama and Georgia making it into the playoff as long as they're both great teams. At the time, Bama was not. Yeah. Okay. So, like we said, um, Bama did beat the number one ranked team of Clemson, but. I, they just shouldn't have been in that situation, and who's to say that another team wouldn't have done as well or better, or really, who's to say that they wouldn't have done worse? Like, college football is so big, it's like March Madness. You'll never know if Duke will lose to Mercer, if ASU will lose to Colorado, if there's all these, there's always these big upsets that happen. And True, last year, Clemson, they were, like, they were down, God knows how much of Bama, and everybody's... Freaking family, they still came back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you can't. The problem I have, really, <clears throat> my biggest problem is that since 1998, according to SB Nation, there were eight undefeated teams that never even got a chance to compete for the national championship. So this means that they went undefeated and won their bowl game. Oh wow! Yeah. So we got 1998 Tulane, 1999 Marshall, 2004 Utah, 2006 and 2009. Boise State, 2008, Utah, 2010, TCU, and this year, UCF. So, I believe when they started this whole playoff system, the people that were asking for a playoff system when it was just the BCS, they wanted teams to have a chance. The biggest problems were that like teams like TCU, Boise State, I mean, all the other teams that I listed, they can go undefeated and not even have a chance to show their worth just because people deem them in the lesser conference or their wins weren't the best. But like I said before, how can you tell what's better, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, all these, and the mid-major schools, these mid-major schools like TCU before they were in the Big 12 and Boise State and UCF this year, they have shown to beat good teams when they're given the chance. True. So, was, it, it, like, I, I do agree with you in that. There, there's just that sometimes, that, that's where the playoff thing comes in. If it's expanded, I'm fine with that to a few more to some, a few more teams. Yeah. But 
like maybe with like with a few teams getting a buy, or maybe just expanding it to eight teams. But <clears throat> I think so. My biggest case against that would be so Wichita State <clears throat> in basketball. Yes, they are in a small conference, and they went undefeated for their entire season. I feel like what was it two three years ago? Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, they're gonna win." Everybody put them to win the championship. I saw it and I looked. They were beating the teams, but. They were blowing out only bad teams. They didn't play a single good team. Um, so, but they did get the shot. Yes. In the champ in the playoffs, and that's what showed that once they started playing the good teams, that's when they lost. Yeah, and they that's still, where they UCF still went should have gotten the chance. Far. This playoff is actually the playoff is what UCF should have gotten the shot here because yes. this playoff would have shown can they hang with the big school? If they lost in the first round, no. But they didn't make it to the championship. They just made it to that bowl. Yeah. Game. If you go undefeated, you should um, at least get a shot for that bowl. Yeah. My, I know this isn't perfect because there's so many conferences and so many teams, but the way I would do it is, you know, during the regular season, you got to win your conference, conference champions, because they do this in the NCAA, and oh, obviously true. March Madness is much bigger, and they can't go to that big of an expansion with the playoff. But win your conference, go to the playoff. So you got your Big 12 school, your Pac-12 school. This year, the Pac-12 school got blown out. They went 1-8 and eight with their only team winning a bowl game this year was Utah. On the other hand, you had the SEC that went 2-5 and five or something before um, Alabama and Georgia played. And 2-5 and five in a bowl game, it just shows that they aren't there's this myth that they're such a superior conference, and that's why it's okay to put two SEC teams in. But they aren't. The Big, the Big Ten didn't get a shot of the playoff, and they went 9-1 and one with their only loss being Michigan in a bowl game. So that's where this problem comes about is, you know, people saying, well, obviously the SEC is a better conference, or obviously this conference isn't as good, so... Th- they right, that's where it comes in. That, so it does. I don't care. That, that's where my theory is, is. I don't care if they're in the same division. If both the teams are really good, as you can see, as you said, <clears throat> the division can be terrible. But if those yeah. teams are really good, they deserve to go in. Yeah, but I'm saying you have to win your conference. Because <clears throat> how are you going to know what division's better before the divisions play each other? Okay. You get what I mean? Kind of. So how do we know that the Big Ten isn't as good? Because based oh. on their bowl record. They're the best. True, because at the team. very end, they're only playing completely yeah. co- pure conference teams. They don't have a single comparison. Yeah, the the comparisons lack. It's it's only at the very beginning. Ohio of the Ohio State lost to Oklahoma, and that's basically the reason that they weren't in. I think. So. Of a reference point. But Ohio State, like Oklahoma, took Georgia, which is supposed to be the SEC's best team, all the way to double overtime. And they lost based on bad play calls, that squib kick, that turned into a field goal. Because if they didn't have that field goal, they wouldn't have been going to overtime. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Oklahoma showed that they can hang. The Big 12 can hang according to what we saw. But we still don't even know if that's, you know, it's just hard to say, well, this mid-major school sucks because they haven't played anybody. True. It's so hard to rank these teams and all the half of these rankings are based on like oh well Alabama was ranked number one for most of the year so they should be yeah because of the preseason rankings you don't even know anything like a preseason yeah UCF started higher up they would have been at the very top exactly like halfway through yeah exactly true (laughs) so this is where my main problems are with the college football playoff and that's why I think because you have to win, I think you have to win your division and then your conference to make the college football playoff in an ideal world. I know that's not how it is, but I think that you should do that and then you play the conference winners because I don't, I don't really see a better way. Think about it this way. If there were two, if the two very best teams were in the exact same conference, let's say, let's say Georgia and Bama. Well, I want to see if another rematch. I want to see how other teams can stack up. I understand what you're saying. Alabama and Georgia could be, you know, even Auburn. They could be the three best teams in the league because they've all played each other. They're all from that SEC conference, which is supposed to be the best. 
But I don't want to see... I know this isn't technically a rematch because Alabama and Georgia haven't played each other, right. but that's because Alabama didn't win their conference. Their, didn't Alabama lose. didn't make their conference championship. If they had made it and then lost to Georgia, they wouldn't be in the college football playoff. Oh, and if Alabama had beat Georgia, Georgia wouldn't be in the college football playoff. So the fact that we're basically seeing the SEC title game that never happened, I, I just don't care. True. And for people outside the SEC, I don't think they really well, care see, as much. I, I still don't. So the thing is for yeah. me is I, I still don't care if they're in the same division. Now, my, my issue does still lie in the selection process and where yeah. they, did, so, they, they didn't give UCF a chance, even though they went undefeated. And the playoff would have would have knocked them out if they yeah. had, if they actually didn't deserve to be there. Yeah. So are you kind of like saying if both Alabama and Georgia were undefeated and then met up in the SEC title game and then one of them lost, you would be okay with two of the teams being in? Actually, that makes a really good point. Because, like right now, the biggest problem I have is that based on SEC standings, Alabama's the third best team, Auburn's the second best team. Auburn didn't make the playoff because they got another loss just and, before. Yeah, because they were they made the conference championship and then they lost. How many losses did they have before that? They had a few, but Bama's only had they're one all though. good teams. Yeah, but to Auburn. True. And it's not based on your... And you can argue that Auburn had the tougher regular season because I believe they played Clemson and lost to Clemson. I believe they played... They played harder teams. They played Georgia. Alabama didn't play Georgia. But I know that's just how the scheduling worked out. Well, so in theory, Bama should have, like what I was saying, Bama should have made it in. Yeah. To begin. So you can argue that the reason Auburn had more losses was because their strength of schedule was harder. That's true. So. But then that would raise, I don't know, because then they lost nothing. Yeah. So that's where I have a big problem. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. It just makes me really upset that... It's just an SEC title game, basically? Yeah, because we should have seen this game. We should have. We should have seen it if Alabama beat Auburn, but they didn't. And if any other team didn't make their SEC, didn't even make the, their uh, conference championship, I don't understand why they would make the playoff. And I know they did because... Okay, let's go back a few years. TCU and Baylor were both had the same record, and they were in the Big 12. Problem is, Bay, uh, the Big 12 did not have conference championships, so they couldn't decide which team was better. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Neither Big 12 team made it because neither team was a conference champion. That was the reasoning why neither of those Big 12 schools were in the college football playoff. So it sounded like, okay, well, you got to win your conference to be in the playoffs. Go down a few years later, I think, I believe Ohio State didn't win their conference last year, which is still a problem. And they, according to me, I would not put in a person if they did not win their conference. But as we're saying, there's just inconsistencies. TCU or Baylor didn't make it that year because they weren't conference champions. Then they get a conference championship. And it doesn't really matter. And then you've got Alabama this year and Ohio State. I believe they didn't win their uh, conference championship uh, last year. So what is the reasoning behind this? Because we really don't know how to rank teams. Because really how they rank preseason teams and strength of schedule is based on preseason rankings. You don't know how good a team's going to be. So that's that's the issue that lies in the college football playoff is everything is just like pre-based on someone thinking that they know better. And I think that the best way to get rid of other people deciding what team is better and deserves to be in the playoffs is so bringing in... Basketball thing. Yeah. It's a little different from basketball because in basketball you don't have to win your conference. But if UTEP won the CUSA after having a crappy season... 
they would still go they in. They had the because, opportunity to do that last year. Yeah, they will make it if. Um, so that's. I think it should be like March Madness. I know it can't be because there's so many more teams and football is such a taxing sport. Yeah, it's going to take a lot out of these players physically, so you can't have a 62 teams in a playoff. No, that's definitely ridiculous. But, but I think, in my opinion, the best way to make the college football playoff is to bring in conference champions. I'd be fine with that. And have the conference champions play each other. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. In my opinion. Just the only different the only question is who are the conference which like you'd have to you'd have to have like some like the committee would have to decide which conference champions. Yeah, well I think it should be expanded. The only there is still a problem. But it would only be the major conferences. There okay, so there's Big Twelve, Pac twelve, SEC, ACC, Big Ten. So that's five schools, right? Am I missing one? No. Uh no, no, I don't no, think no, no so. Major one. And you got your mid majors, three mid major schools. So you could go CEO say like, I think for the mid major schools you will have to have a committee, because obviously like they would decide which team. UCF. I don't. Do you know who won the CEO say this year? This year. <sighs> no. But obviously, like UCF's probably, I I would say they probably definitely are yeah, the best team. Best. Of mid-major schools, so oh, I no, think definitely. that you know if a six and well not six if a nine and five or whatever team uh, a lesser rank like I think the committee should choose between the mid-major schools for those like best three mid-major schools. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it, and I know that a lot of people have against that, and the oh. A lot of people also say that there should be bye weeks because the only football really is the only like the NFL is the only league that really puts an emphasis on oh and baseball, but they're the only leagues that put emphasis on being the top team. Like in football yeah. you have wild cards and that's gives uh, the top teams like a bye week and home field advantage. Yeah, sure. So uh, think about it this way, though. With your, uh, I don't think thing. there should be bye weeks. Yeah. Uh, what if the top two teams, let's say it was Michigan, let's say one year Michigan, Michigan State, okay, top two teams. They're number, they're ranked number one and two going into like and they they find they they meet up in the championship or uh, not sure they would be the same. In the, uh, whatever team, other team, Wisconsin maybe. So either way, if Wisconsin and Ohio State, number one and number State. two, rank rank number yeah. one and number two. So let's say Wisconsin Ohio State, but yeah, they didn't play each won. other during yeah. the regular season. Or they finally they, they did once, one one, but then they rematch in the championship, and the other one wins or something. They're still they, they still like they fought for. They're obviously number one and number two in the rankings. Only one of them is going to make it to the playoff. Yes, that's where a lot of people would have some scrutiny with that, though. I, if, if this team, like, if there's an if one like Pac-12 this year, somebody. Uh, who was it? Utah made it to the team. Utah was the only team that won. That was like, that was good. The only team that was actually pretty pretty much good. This I year. mean, USC and Washington were ranked. See, this is the problem with the rankings. USC was ranked number eight. Washington was ranked eleven. All those teams lost in bowl games. See, so I I understand what you're saying. Like you're saying that they're obvious one and two because they've been one and two for most of the season, right? Well, not just that. It's if they well, if they've shown that they can be one and two for all the season, it's just they have one loss against a, t- a critical team. See, like USC showed that they were a very like I know this is different because they didn't go undefeated, so it doesn't exactly fit. But USC was supposed to be a very good school because they won the SEC, the not SEC, they won the Pac-12. They were nine and. But I, I don't know what their record was, but they had a few losses. Yeah. But they were supposed to, still supposed to be really good because they were conference champions and they are ranked number eight. So they still lost. True. That's what I'm saying is you don't know what teams are good because it's so hard to judge conferences until the conferences play each other. True. So that's where I'm. Alright. So, to answer your question, I, I get what you're trying to say, 
like if one and two, Ohio, let's just say Ohio State, Wisconsin, or Alabama, Georgia, they went undefeated, both had one loss, or one team had one loss, I do not think that both teams should be in the playoff. I think you take, no matter what, you take the best team that won the division because that puts the largest emphasis on it. And for college football and for college sports, there's such a big emphasis on winning all your games or like at least winning as many as possible because you don't have a shot. Yeah, because once you start losing, then you start losing playoff picture. Yeah. So my problem is that Alabama lost, didn't make their title game, still made the playoff. Because I don't, I can't foresee that happening with any other school, really. Sure. Even another SEC school. If, it's happened before where they lose one game, like they lose a championship game and they still don't make it. They, oh, it's all they lose. They're obviously better than another team and then bam, they lose everything. I've seen that before. I think that happened like a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't name that off the top of my head. I just, when I heard that they were finally going to a playoff system, I thought it was going to give teams like that 2006, 2009 Boise State, those schools that never got a chance because they were from yeah, a mid-major. It's supposed to. It's just that they're the way that they... Yeah. Well, they're not going... They, they didn't give UCF any, any credits issue, but like yeah. like you said, they didn't like allow them to play each other. Yeah. And you can't blame these mid-major schools because I've also seen this on social media that, well, if UCF wants a chance at the playoffs... Then they need to play. They should have played a school like Alabama, Auburn, um, like those top schools. I don't know Notre Dame, like top schools in the regular season, so that they can boost their strength of schedule. But the problem with that is if UCF beats Auburn first week of college football, people are gonna say, "Well, Auburn's terrible." True. Second problem with that is yeah, good the rest of the season. Exactly. So the rankings of said Auburn team, say they were ranked number five, they're going to drop a bunch of spots if they get blown out by UCF first week or lose to UCF, <coughs> and or said other mid-major school, Boise State. I mean, let's say UTEP. Yeah, yeah. Base, because you base everything off of preseason rankings until proven otherwise. And that's really, there's no way to fix that. There isn't. Yeah, because everybody's going to have your judgment at that point. Yeah. But you can't just say that, oh, UCF. Okay, the other problem with the scheduling, telling these mid-major schools that they need to schedule a school, is that, you know, if UTEP wants to play Alabama, you think UTEP has a can just walk up to Alabama and say, hey, like, we think we're going to be good in five years. Like, we want to schedule you so that we can prove ourselves. Alabama can either say, and it's not just Alabama, it's any top school, yeah. UT, Oklahoma. I know that they sometimes get these games, but they often don't give home and homes, which is, like, the more even way to schedule. So UTEP probably didn't get a home and home with Oklahoma. Do you... Like, they probably didn't deem them, like, well enough. So, basically what I'm saying is that these large schools hold all the chips while these mid-major schools... They can only hope that they get enough recognition. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you can't tell UCF, like, oh, well, you should have chose Auburn in your schedule or you should have chose Georgia so that you could prove yourself. Because it doesn't. Also, also, last year they went like 0 and 12. I don't think they won a single game last year. Who? UCF. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what year you're going to be good. You don't know. It's hard to convince. These big teams hold all the chips. So if they think, oh, this team could probably upset us, probably not going to give you a game because they don't want to ruin their shot at the college football playoff. Secondly, um, they can say, well, you have to do everything on our conditions, which I understand that that would probably have to happen. At the same time, that's still not fair to those schools. So if you want the most even fair thing, I still think it has to be conference champs. Yeah, I'd see that. Okay. 
Got anything else to say about this, Isaac? No. Mario? Mario? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it was fun talking to you guys. Um, thanks for being on the show, Isaac and Mario. Uh, the show won't continue for probably a while because I'll be we're all going back to school and they'll be in El Paso and I'll be in Arizona. But thanks for listening. is gonna give a damn. Son of a bitch! Give me a drink!